I'm here with Juliet Ramos, owner, operator, all-around badass chick, and she runs a blog, Broken Girl Unchained, and this is uh, podcast number one. Hello, Juliet. How you doing? Good, thank you. I'm glad to have you here. You're very beautiful, if I might add. Aw, thank you. Broken a Badass. It's the first article that you did, mm-hmm. and it seems to be there's a theme of broken women, broken people turning their life around. Um, Explain that concept. What's a badass to you? A badass to me is someone that has overcome some shit. Um, It's someone that has picked up all of their pieces and put themselves back together. Um, I feel like it's also someone that has lost everything and they rebuild their lives. So that's broken to badass is to me in my vision. Felt like when I moved back from Monterey, I came back a totally different person. Um, I invested all of my time and energy into healing. I wrote it right after my divorce. And I have to say divorce had to be one of the hardest things I've ever had to overcome. I agree. I've been through a divorce myself, and it's a big old shit sandwich. Right. Um, so the topic of narcissism comes up quite a bit in your articles, and one of them said uh, 10 signs you're in love with, an ar- with a narcissist. So tell us a little bit about that one. I wasn't educated enough when it came to narcissism. Gaslighting, and narcissists are known for that as well as um, their manipulation tactics. What they need to feed their narcissistic supply. So they need to feed their ego. They need to feed their their supply. So if, if you aren't feeding that supply, then they discard you. And I mean, it was clear when I left my ex-husband that I I wasn't I wasn't going to feed his supply anymore. I wasn't going to um, baby him. Yeah, I mean it's the world is full of narcissists. I'd have to agree with you, and and we've all dealt with them, and some of us are them, possibly, maybe even to a certain extent. I think we all have narcissistic traits yeah. in us, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, another article that came up was torch it. Uh, explain that one. I mean, it was about it was about um, clarity, you know, finding peace of mind, mm-hmm. finding closure. Closure is a topic that everybody who goes through something traumatic tries to, to deal with. Well, right after my divorce, I was looking for closure and I, I knew I wasn't going to get it for my mom. I knew I wasn't going to get it for my ex-husband. And there was just something, that last little piece, there was just something that I needed. And I remembered something coming across on Facebook and uh, it was this girl that lit her wedding dress on fire and um, I knew that was exactly what I needed so I took some sentimental um, pieces of mine that I had that tied um, me to my to my mother and tied me to um, 
to my ex-husband and those were the two main people that were supposed to protect me and they just damaged me. So I lit those motherfuckers on fire and I never looked back. <laughs> I saw that video you were talking about. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, you could tell it was a completely cathartic experience for, for sure. her, <laughs> but she looked so happy to be oh yeah it. and i i mean as soon as i did it there was just this release and this weight lifted off of me and i was able to go through life a you know a lot more lighter now you've written about some pretty heavy duty topics in the here yeah I mean, some stuff that that i'm sure people are reading it going fuck i'm glad that's not me one yeah, of them the, well oh. you know I get mixed reviews. Sometimes I have people, you know, email me and they're just like, oh, you're attention seeking. And then I have other people that that are like, oh, well, you know, I've been through the same thing. And then I have other people where they're just like, I'm going through this right now. How do I get through this? So I have a large melting pot of um, readers and their experiences have matched mine. How do you feel about giving advice out to people when they ask for it? It's kind of weird because I just, I don't, I never knew that my words had any value. Um, everybody in my life prior to now, um, they always made me feel like I, my words didn't have, have any value, like they didn't hold any weight. So when I have um, my readers ask me for advice, I'm sometimes I'm blown away and sometimes they give me strength. So... I could see that. I know mm -hmm. one of the things going through my divorce was just finding finding someone to that had some sort of shared experience. The pain's yours. You got to eat it. You got to right. deal with that pain yourself. Yeah. And it's actually nice when you have someone in your corner that knows exactly what you're going through. Because if no one has gone through this, they're just, they're not going to have that empathetic uh, sense you know, what you're going through. Right. With anything like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, divorce, loss, whatever Grief, it is, right. any, any type of grief. Mm -hmm. If you haven't experienced it firsthand, you can be, you can be sympathetic to what someone's going through, but as far as having empathy towards their, their situation mm -hmm. and, and knowing kind of the source of that pain, even if you don't know their pain. Well, I just compare it to death. I mean, divorce is very much like death. So, and something did die. It was my, it was my family. It was my marriage. It was my ex-husband. So, I, and I was grieving like it, like they passed away. And um, it was a very long grieving process for sure. Yeah, it takes time. Mm -hmm. It takes time. But then once you kind of come out the other side, uh, I remember looking back and, you know, when I talk with, my ex-wife now, I'm just thinking to myself, what the fuck was I thinking? Right? Like, <laughs> you know what? This isn't as bad as it, as it seemed when I was going through it. Right. But, so you talk about some heavy duty shit in your articles. Um, let's talk about the, uh, the little girl on the swing, this oh. open letter to your daughter. Yeah. Um, explain that. Um, well, my, she was, around um during that time frame and my my youngest was coming back uh, you know from her dad's house manic and then my other two kids they were just being disrespectful and then they had an argument with her about me being her mom and because she was trying to protest that you know her grandmother raised her and i was so completely shattered 
um, by that. So I just thought I would um, release an article with my rebuttal. And, um, and it's really too bad because I have been in this little girl's life. Well, she's not little anymore, but um, I've been in her life since she was two years old. And to know that she throws no respect on my name. And I mean, she lived with me the whole time. So, um, for her to roll my name through the mud and say that her grandmother raised her was the most hurtful and damaging, um, feeling that I felt as being her mother, because to me, she'll always be my child, but, um, it was, it, it was, it pierced through my soul. And so, uh, you know, and it was really hard to raise someone else's child because, you know, when, a, when, a, when her family doesn't like you, her perception of you and her ability to, to form unconditional love and natural love is, it's completely hindered. So, um, that love at the end of the day was not there even while we were going through the divorce and it's not there to this day. And it's really too bad because my, my other children, her brothers and sisters are being affected by it. So not every topic that you have, not every article you've written about is super heavy duty. No. I mean, you have some that, you know, let me give you a list of titles. You can kind of comment on some of okay. those. Girl code, a selfie a day. <laughs> right. Um, and then two of the reader favorites for the love of porn and five mm -hmm. elements to being a, a better lover. So talk about kind of that juxtaposition, the mix of these super heavy articles with these lighter articles that you that you put out. Um, you know, they're all a personal, I've had personal experiences with all of them. Girl code, you know, it was a shitty friend that did a shitty thing to me with my ex-husband, pretended that she was my friend. And I'm, we're talking a couple months after separation. This chick was spending Valentine's Day with him after Snapchatting me, you know, my first Valentine's Day with my, without my husband at the time. And it just blew my mind. I was just like, oh my God, you're, this is going against girl code. And not only that mom code, you don't fuck around with your daughter's best friend's father while they're going through a divorce. I mean, it's just going to cause so much turmoil within, you know, your, your kids' friendship. So once I brought it to my ex's attention, he, he responded back, oh, some girl code, the only code is your code. There is no girl code. I'm like, bullshit. There's just this, you know, this unwritten rule not to fuck with your, your friend's exes or your friend's boyfriends or husbands or whatever. There's just that unwritten rule that you just, that you just don't cross. You, that's that boundary. That seems something that's taught to boys, but not, maybe not necessarily taught to girls. I think boys from an early age are kind of taught like, you know, oh, that's, that's my buddy's girlfriend. That's his girl. She's off limits. I know as a father, 
those are conversations I've had with my own son about about that loyalty, about that peace. Yeah. It seems like it's something that the girls don't necessarily get that in the same vein. That you know, do. loyalty is huge to me. So I try to implement that with everything that I do in life, especially I, I, I try to inst- instill that in my children it's so very important to me that you stay true to the people that you have in their in your life and you don't fucking cross those boundaries so um selfie a day i mean we (laughs) protest all day long about self-love and it's it's a trip because i lost a bunch of weight I was feeling good about myself and I got a couple emails from one was from family uh, one was from a family member another was from a friend and they were basically saying like I'm all full of myself and I'm just like at what point am I supposed to love myself you know I love capturing moments I love capturing the times that I'm feeling good I'm feeling confident so what if I feel confident is that a bad thing does that make it seem like I'm full of myself so I think you made a good statement in there in the article after looking through it um and you said it's it's me capturing moments when I feel good right Right. like I I feel good about myself today and women are, are very oh I look good in this dress today and yesterday, God forbid, that was the worst dress you ever owned, right? Right. Um, Confusing to a man that that wears t-shirts and jeans primarily his whole life. (laughs) um, Talk about capturing those little moments. Um, I mean, there's days where I wake up and I feel like a stuffed sausage. I mean, I'm just bloated. <laughs> you know, I could be wearing a yoga pants and I look like I'm pregnant all over again. It's just about those times that I capture where it's just like, I feel good about myself today. Hey, guess what? Depression didn't hit me today. Or hey, guess what? Anxiety didn't take over my morning. And I feel good about going to work. And so I snap a photo before I, you know, head into, into my session. It's just those defining moments that you have as a person that I just like to capture. And people are just so quick to judge you that you're just being vain. Well, let's face it. Social media is a pretty easy outlet for judgment. I know it's. You know, everybody has this opinion of, well, you put it out there. So since you put it out there, I have the right to, I have the right to comment. And there's a certain truth to that. For sure. Because you're making an, uh, an active choice to put that out there. For sure. But at the same time, you don't necessarily understand someone's motivations. Maybe that, I always equate it to, you know, a woman who's being put down constantly. Mm-hmm. Tell her her husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever it is, is telling her that she's ugly, she's worthless, she's no good. Mm -hmm. And, and one day she feels like she's, she looks at herself and she's thinking, man, I I feel like a fucking 10 today. Mm -hmm. And she decides to snap a picture and share it. Um, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, to me after, especially after reading your article, it kind of put a lot of stuff in perspective for me. For sure. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So porn. Ooh. Yes. P-O-R-N porn. Let's mm-hmm. talk about porn. Go ahead. Well, you have an article that's talked about the love of porn. Seemed like you put that question out to your readers. 
because of something that came across your way. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it got a huge response. No surprise, right? Right. Let's face it. I think more people search for that stuff than than anything else online. Um, talk about that article a little bit. Um, I it was it was a debate that I was having with my best friend and her boyfriend, and she was completely against it. And it it's just something. I okay. So when I started this article I wanted to get other people's perspective and then I started working with my editor and he was just like yeah definitely start asking your readers you know if they find if they find porn offensive from their partner or if they know that their partner is watching porn so I went ahead and I you know put it out there on social media and I could not believe the response it was overwhelming and I went, I opened every email. I went into every interview with an open mind and an open heart. And I can honestly tell you, I see everybody's perspective, but mine did not change. I still feel like, you know, if I'm not available, Hey, go knock yourself out. Tell Kim, I said, hi, or you know what I mean? Tell Pamela, I said, I hope she had fun with you, you know, and I'm rolling over and going back to sleep because let's face it. We're women. We are geared off of emotion. So, um, if we have tons of stress in our life, that's not the first thing that we're going to think about is, Hey, let's bang one out. No, it's like, okay, let's problem solve how I'm going to pay this bill or let's problem solve how, you know, my son Randy is going to get through high school, you know? So it's just one of those things that I had to bring to light. And it seemed like there was a a mixed response. Some people were for it. Some people were against it. Um, and you interjected your own opinion, just like you, you told us right now that Uh was in that same vein. You know, sometimes it's just a tool to, to get a release. You know? Right. Like, and most guys, we wake up for the, since the time we're 12, 13 years old, that, that morning wood shows up and it doesn't go away well past well past your breeding age. That's for sure. <laughs> Stop fucking your sucks, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was a really interesting article. Um, Five Elements to Becoming a Better Lover. Talk about that. I love that article. Um, I am full of energy. And, um, you know, I was with someone for over 22 years. Well, not over, but almost 22 years. And we were married for 13. He was absolutely robotic. There was no passion with him when we were intimate. So the first time that I had sex with someone that had that passion, oh my gosh, it made that orgasm so much more sweeter than than I I could have possibly imagined. I mean, we're talking from like our being in sync with our breathing you know, him blowing on my skin, him, you know, kissing every inch of my body. And even the tone of his voice and my tone, everything was just in sync. And the energy behind it was absolutely phenomenal. And I've never felt, you know, those, those feelings before. So those five elements, I started paying attention. I started, you know, 
I started doing some research and, you know, those five elements is scientifically proven that it will make you a better lover. Well, and I think it's, I've heard this analogy before when it comes to to sex and, and it's people will spend hours researching practicing mm-hmm. their favorite hobby that, that's whether what it's right. golf it's cars it's whatever it is so it makes sense that we all enjoy sex everybody enjoys sex mm-hmm. and if you want to be better at it do a little research and right take your time and enjoy well and not only that but if you're just looking to bang one out real quick there's i mean of course there's that orgasm but there's nothing like a passionate sweet orgasm that that and it takes a special man I'm not gonna lie you know it takes a special kind of man to to get that out of you and to make you feel that comfortable and to make you feel that beautiful so um yeah and I think it has to do with the connection chemistry all that sort oh of stuff. fuck yeah that's everything yeah for sure so um your family or and not that this is a transition we're not you know i don't want to say that oh <laughs> you know it's affiliated with my family <laughs> right so but changing gears here how's your family responded to these articles knowing that um that they're kind of the topic behind them oh god um yeah i don't i'll put it this way it's non-existent uh, i have no relationships with um like my mom or her side of the family, um, you know, anyone, they've, they judged me my whole life. They put me down. They have not been supportive. Um, they treated me like shit. Um, yeah, I mean, come to find out I'm blocked. I'm this, I'm that. The last conversation I had with my mom, it was about her image. I mean, talk about, narcissism with a red flag it's not even red anymore it's like fucking neon green she is class a narcissist a narcissist seems like a recurring theme through a lot of this crazy how many people are out there so were you worried when you put all this stuff out there were you worried about how people would respond? Backlash? I was. I was. Because you know what? I, I don't want to hurt anyone. And I don't want to cause any drama. or And I don't want to... That's just not who I am. However, this is my life. I, I, I wanted to feel like my feelings and my stories and what they did to me, it, it does matter. And, you know, and how they affected my life, how they're still affecting my life and how, you know, they're affecting my children's life. And not only that, but if someone can find some type of healing um, mechanism from any of my stories, hey, a a job well done. I did my job here on this earth. I'm not attention seeking. The only thing I'm really seeking is fucking closure. Yeah, and I think that's that's a really good way to put it. One of the articles that got a shit ton of attention was uh, yeah. the Freak Show article. Oh, God. So what makes you think, why did that one get so much attention? I mean, the, the way you describe them, it, they definitely seem like there's a, an evil incarnate there. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you do when you're trying to co-parent with someone who has people in his ear telling him that, oh, this other, you know, 
this person's no good, this person doesn't deserve it, they're not supporting your part, your co-parenting ship. You know, those people, it, it, they're, they're a fucking cult. I don't care who, how, nope, they're a fucking cult. There's people in that family that I've never spoke one word to, and they they have dri driven all the way from San Jose here to Modesto to fight me over something that didn't even have to do with me. Um, they have showed up at my child's softball game to intimidate me, to threaten me. Um, I've had my car egged. I've, um, I've been accused of harassing myself. And I don't even know who in the fuck would do that. Um, you know, these people, I don't, these people would make a fantastic study case. Um, and I, if, if it was up to me, I would keep my kids so far away from these people, but I can't. They're my ex's family, and I can't control who he's who he brings around them. These people actually do fucking exist. They're evil. So what advice do you have for your readers, your listeners, who are dealing with their own freak show? Because you're not the only one that's got some fucking gnarly in-laws to deal with. No, sure. no these, these are not even gnarly. These are just cruel, evil people. Um, I would just say, you know what? Just make sure you have thick skin. Make sure that you have your head um, on straight. And, you know, let whatever they say just roll off of your back. Be firm in who you are and don't let it, don't let their words pen penetrate you. And I think that connects to, there's a term you use a lot, gaslighting. Oh, um, yeah. For anybody out there that's not familiar with what gaslighting is, mm -hmm. it's basically trying to make someone else feel like they're crazy. Right? Yeah. Um, how does that connect with all that? Um, well, I was gaslighting my whole life. And every time I... Uh, Every time I shown any type of emotion, it was I'm, I was crazy or any time that I stated my opinion about something, I was the crazy one or any time that I showed passion um, behind anything, I was the crazy one. So, um, you know, I didn't know what that word meant until again, until I, until I started going through this process. So it it's 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 the cruelest thing that you can do to anyone is gaslight them so um i thought it was important to implement that in my articles i agree it seems like there's it's a recurring theme in a few of them and um it, it's definitely a form of um mental abuse to a certain extent. Oh, for sure. And emotional abuse. I, I would agree wholeheartedly. And your feelings are never validated. And, you know, you don't get that closure because they make you feel like you, it's, it's not, your fault. right. And it's not okay for you to feel that way. So tell us what's up with May. Ugh, May. You wrote about an article called The Curse of May. Yeah. Um, May's a heavy month for me, for sure. I completely shut down. Yeah, but every year it gets a little bit, it crushes me a, a little bit differently. Um, may, and and hope that it never resurfaces again. And in my case, it didn't. So I just thought that I can use my story to help others. And I have, I've reached people all over the world, 
all over the world. So I know I definitely identified with the article. Uh, you know, I think we all know somebody that's been affected with that. You know, I've 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 had. Um, friends who committed suicide and, and that sort of stuff. And you and, would never think those people were going through something, you know? I mean, they're, they're, it's those types of people that are like teachers or are, you know, they're, they're pretty high up there. I mean, they pay bills and taxes just like everyone else. And they, you know, protest positivity and you would never think that they were battling depression or, you know, even, or even think, thinking about committing suicide. Well, it's, it's, you never know what somebody's got going on at home. For sure. So, um... What's up next for the old, for Broken Girl? Um, I got some pretty cool people coming on my podcast. I have some um, strong women that I admire so very much that I can't wait to have on my show. Um, I have um, some art pieces that I'm going to be releasing as well as talking with one of the uh, graffiti artists that put up um, some of these phenomenal murals that we see around town um they're beautiful they're uh, they're expressive oh my gosh I can't wait to meet with him um and uh, yeah I have some pretty cool fun stuff well that sounds like a really great path that you're going down and yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit you. with me and and do your interview for your own podcast ironically enough <laughs> Uh, but uh, thank you very much for being on here for Broken Girl Unchained. I'm Mike. I'm here with Juliet. Again, just a absolute badass. So thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to come on your show and interview you. And it was uh, I had a really good time. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. That's all, listeners. Until next time. Bye.